I'm going to invite to the stage uh, Pastor Brent Canelon. Um, come on up. It's important for any guest speaker that I have to look shorter than I am, so um, so do your best. Um, <laughs> we, if, if, uh, if, you have, if we haven't met, I'm Pastor Corey. This is Pastor Aaron. And uh, we'd love to meet you in the lobby after. Um, come and find us. We'd love to meet you and love to meet your kids. You know, when we came here uh, six years ago, uh, we're coming up to our seventh birthday. Wow. Big boy time. We're big boy church. Um, we said that last year, too. Um, but when we started our, our, our church, we didn't know ARC candidates, the Association of Related Churches. We didn't know the ARC movement at all. We just kind of came and did our best. And uh, God was with us. We worked really hard, probably harder than we needed to, but maybe not. Church planting is a difficult thing to do. And, um, and then we found out about a group called ARC. And along the way, we met Pastor Brent, who's the president of ARC Canada, and Pastor Brent has a long-standing history in the church because our Canada is not that old. But Pastor Brent has been pastoring. I think it's nearly three decades. You pastored in um, in Langley in a great church in Langley, and it's funny that a lot of the Ark boys that are my friends now. These this is our crew. This is who we hang out with. A lot of the Ark boys actually came out of your church, and uh, so so when when Pastor Brent speaks, I can, can I just save you a lot of time. Sometimes when somebody at work is talking, you're just nodding and smiling, and you're like, I'm going to Google that, because I don't think that what you said is true at all. Um, sometimes when we come into the house of the Lord, we have these little barriers we need to cross, that if you decide to cross them, because he's going to be preaching out of the word of God, so if we could just save a lot of time, rather than in your mind be arguing against the preacher, if you could say yes before he speaks, then we could go a lot deeper, a lot faster, because he's going to be speaking about God. And so he, this is a man that has stood the test of time. And we fully endorse and support. In fact, we need to be endorsed by him. And so as we were even having dinner with you yesterday, you know, some people when they're talking about church and things like that, I'm like, okay, I'll check that out. When Pastor Brand is talking, I'm like, I'll write that down. And we're just going to do that. I'm, I'm like, you could save us a lot of time or we could go through it the hard way. And we don't like that. And so uh, I want you to welcome him. I want you to help him preach this sermon yesterday. morning, everybody. It's so good to be here. So good to be in Airdrie. It's, uh, it's not my first time. I was here for the dedication of this building. So, uh, but I think I came in at night and left at night. So I got to see a little bit this morning and uh, it's, it's wonderful to be here. Um, just love and appreciate your pastors, Pastor Corey and Aaron. And uh, yeah, show your love for them. And as they said, planting a church is one of the most formidable things to do in this world. So uh, God bless them, their survivors, they're flourishing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, I'll just say a, a little word. Some of you have prayed for my wife over the past seven months. She was in hospital. Uh, it's a long story. I'll say just a little more about it. But she's doing very, very well. She's been home. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for praying. We, we felt so loved and so supported by the body of Christ. So thank you for that. Our whole family uh, is at our house right now. We're having our Christmas on Tuesday. And so my four kids and their spouses and our 13 grandkids and... Two, two old ladies, you know, it's just going to be a festival. It's going to be incredible. So 
uh, thank you for, for being part of that. Before I share a message, a Christmas message, I want to take a minute and uh, tell you about a couple of books that I brought. I, I know that um, hopefully you'll remember the title of the sermon. I don't, you know, I won't be checking if you remember the points on the way out, but if you get the title, then I'm a happy guy. So, you know, I preached a lot of sermons in my life, <laughs> and uh, I, I was mad at my church at one point. I was just mad at them because they weren't doing what I told them to do. I don't know. And so I'm <laughs> I was in the lobby, and I never had the courage to say this. Uh, you know, people are so kind. They come up, and they say, oh, good word, pastor. And I wanted so bad to say, yeah. Good word, hey? What was it? But I never did that, so I, I won't do that today. So, but I do want to talk to you about your 24, because we can see it. It's real close. And I want to ask, have you ever read through the whole Bible? Have you ever started and made your way in the course of a year through the Scripture? I, I want to propose that if you want to transform your relationship with God in 2024, that reading your Bible consistently as best you can is going to be a major part of seeing your life change because the Word of God will get into you. It will birth new things. It will change your perspective. I, I had this experience in my life. I was pastoring. I was like, you know, raised in the church. My dad was a pastor. My grandpa's a pastor. My uncles are pastors. It was hopeless. I was going to be a pastor. So you could think that I got paid to serve God. And uh, I was in, my, in the ministry. I was a pastor, big church. And I went to a revival meeting in Florida. And what the Lord convicted me of was my personal Bible reading. And it changed my life. Mid, I was in my, my mid, mid to late 30s, and I was pastoring. And that next year, I read through the whole of the Bible four times. And it was the most transformational thing that I've done in my life. So if I could help you with your Bible reading. I meet people everywhere I go, and they say, yeah. I've never met a Christian in my life that goes, yeah, you know, I love God, but I just don't want to read the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I've never met that guy. They don't exist. It's always this way. I wish I need to, re I want to read more of the scripture. And I know that there's some people here and you're thinking about 24. And so I'd, I'd love to help you. And if you're a new believer, if you're new to the faith, new to this church, to get into the scripture is going to help you. I think today it is more necessary than ever before. How are you going to sort through all of the complexity of the Palestinian-Israeli situation if you have no biblical context of how it all started with Isaac and Ishmael and all those people back there? How are you going to sort through the complexity of the cultural issues of gender and all of these things that are going on if you don't have a biblical perspective of a creator God who made things as he made them? Your Bible reading is going to anchor you in a world where it's very hard to know who's telling you the truth anymore. But if the word's not in you, then you may just get pushed around. So I wrote this book. Uh, it's a daily devotional guide. I wanted to put dates on it each day. My family said, Dad, that's a terrible idea. Because if you have dates on it and you get behind, 
then you're like 30 days behind, and I got to catch up all of February before I can start March. It's like, and then we just go, you know, that was a great idea. <laughs> on my birthday, I'm starting again. On my birthday, I'm really, I mean it this time. So the days are numbered. If you miss five days, you just start on the next number, and Jesus is good with it. It's all right. It shouldn't take you much more than about 15 minutes a day, three and a half chapters. We read in a couple of places. So that's called Revive Me According to Your Word. If I can help you with your Bible reading, we've done something awesome here today. The other relationship is the Holy Spirit. I said to Pastor Corey in the first service, if this church got its act together with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, I think we're taking over all of Airdrie. I, I think there's just no stopping us. Because Jesus said you'll feel, be filled with power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So I wrote this to help people with your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Who is he? How do we get baptized with the Spirit? What is it all about? I heard that one of the small groups is going to be studying this next year. And so both those books are available at the back. I have to charge for them because my wife would be very mad if I don't. And I have to mention they're $20 for cash, $22 for card. Because if I don't mention the price, I've been in churches and people just start walking out with the book. Oh, I love this speaker. Giving away books is beautiful. So anyway. I know I took a little time there, but. Title of the message today in the next 25 minutes is do not be afraid. Are you a church that says things if the pastor asks you to, like out loud? Some people, they just hate that. Don't make me say things. So I'll, I'll only make you say a couple things. Would you say, do not be afraid with me, everybody? Do not be afraid. Four times in the Christmas narrative, we have these exact words given by angels to people in the story. Do not be afraid. Let me tell you these four quickly and then we'll bring application for your life. First was Zacharias. Zacharias was a priest. He was uh, a well-known person in the community. He was married to Elizabeth. Let's look at Luke chapter 1 verse 12. When Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, say it with me, everybody, when you see it, whenever it's in the Bible, help me out, okay, ready? Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. The Bible says in this narrative that both Zacharias and Elizabeth were old and advanced in age, which is a euphemism scriptural for they're not having no more babies. <laughs> they hadn't had any and uh, that ship had sailed. And so he's, it says he's advanced in age. Now, you know, to be advanced in a lot of things is good. You know, I'm at the advanced level of Donkey Kong. <laughs> To be advanced in age is just basically a nice way of saying, you're old, dude. You're just old. So that's him. That's Zacharias. 
So he says to him, not only are you going to have a child, you're going to name him John, but he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. The power and the spirit of Elijah will rest upon him. He will turn many to the Lord to prepare the way of the Lord. I mean, it's a big description of this baby that this old advanced guy is going, man, how is that going to happen? Couldn't, couldn't figure the how. And the angel said, because you would not believe, you will be mute until the child is born. And you will name him John, which is exactly what happened. Do not be afraid because you're barren. Do not be afraid because you feel your life has been fruitless. And the toil of business or finances do not be afraid if there's frustration or loneliness that, that God is saying, I'm going to come into the, the bigger concept of barrenness and bring something wonderful out of it. And Zacharias said, I, I, I just don't get how this is going to happen. He did not believe. Later he believed and he named the child John, which was the proof of his belief and his tongue was opened at that point. His mouth was open to speak. Let's look secondly at Joseph. This is Mary's husband. Joseph and Mary are betrothed to be married. They're engaged and it's a big deal in those days. And so they find that Mary is pregnant and Joseph knows it wasn't him. So it's a problem. So Joseph was struggling with this, and as we all would. And the angel comes to him in Matthew chapter 1 and says to Joseph, while he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, you guys ready? Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. I love how the scripture just lets these incredibly supernatural, massive concepts just land. Don't be afraid. The baby inside of her is conceived of the Holy Spirit. Like, I've never heard of that before. Has it happened to others? Is that like something in other countries? Is it, what? What? Essentially, what the angel is saying to Joseph is, do not be afraid to do the right thing. The right thing, Joseph, is to take Mary as your wife and cover her with your protection. Don't worry about your reputation that people all your life will accuse you of having had sex before marriage. You know it's not true. She knows it's not true. Do the right thing, Joseph. Do the right thing. Don't be afraid. And to everybody in this room, it's like the angel saying, do not be afraid to do the right thing. Do not be afraid to live a sexually pure life in a sexually impure world. Do not be afraid. The scripture says, flee sexual immorality, young adults. The scripture says that that arena, I was, I was talking with Jason and Rachel, my son-in-law and daughter, they pastor church in Vancouver. And Rachel just made a comment, oh yeah, well, like everybody's sleeping together these days before marriage. It's like, is, is that like common? And she's like, yeah, it's like all the time. 
I'm like, well, what about the Bible? Yeah, well, people are like, oh, well, you know, we're different. We're in love. Love is love, you know. The scripture says that sex is for in marriage between a man and a woman. That's what the Bible says. It's very plain. Don't be afraid to do the right thing. Some of you are going, well, you know, what, what about, what about, no. Joseph, this is the right thing. Don't be afraid, business people, to operate with honesty and integrity. Do the right thing. Don't be afraid to treat your employees with respect and generosity and kindness. Don't be afraid to do the right thing and help the poor like you're doing. You're going to hear about it at the end of this service. Your generosity to the poor. That's the right thing. The Bible says God blesses those who bless the poor. It's right. Don't be afraid to forgive somebody that's hurt you or wronged you. It's the right thing. Don't be afraid to love the unlovely, the hard people to love. It's the right thing to do. So to Joseph, he said, don't be afraid to do the right thing. Third person, of course, is Mary. And she's, I don't know, she's one of the heroes of the Bible. She's a teenage girl. Some say maybe 15, 16, maybe younger. She's just going along, making baklava. <laughs> doing something that they did in those days when you're 16, you know, maybe some macrame, little pottery, I don't know. And an angel comes and says, do not, oh, you ready, everybody ready? Do not be afraid. This is a strong angel over here. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. This is impossible. This does not happen. This is only going to be a miracle of God, a supernatural intervention into her life. And Mary, bless her heart, says, how, have, how can this be? For I have not known a man. The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and overshadow you. And the child that will be conceived in you, he shall be called great. He will be the son of the most high. And he shall reign. And he will be Emmanuel. And all these names from Isaiah start kind of coming in. And the government will reign upon his shoulder. And he shall be on and on. And she's like 16, you know, just in the pot. is just not shaping right anymore because it's an angel. <laughs> And then she says this wonderful phrase. She said to the angel, let it be to me according to thy word. Okay, God, whatever you say, let it be according to your word. She had so many questions, but the angel said, don't be afraid. And Mary, unlike most of these, were willing, she was willing to believe. The final one I want to point out to you is the shepherds. We all love the shepherds. The shepherds all worked part-time in the oil patch. Did you know that? <laughs> They're those guys. I'm telling you right now. They're sitting around the fire, you know, talking about beef jerky, and, you know, sheep dip. This is talking about, you know, the latest Oilers game. Are they back? Are they not back? You know, they're just talking. And all of a sudden, a heavenly host... Not a, not a little worship team, like a heavenly host. I haven't researched, how, Pastor Corey, how many is a host? A lot. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so that's how many there were. And they start singing. They're just having a wiener roast, and all of a sudden, oh, it's, 
Come on, put yourself there. It's wild. And they're suspended. It doesn't say that they stood on risers. They're just like there singing. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men on whom his favor raised. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He shall be great. And on and on and on. And the shepherds are like, yeah. Oh, yes. Follow that star. There's going to be a stable and you'll find the child wrapped in swaddling clothes. And these guys, bless their hearts, just went and did what they were told to do. It was all new. If you're new in the church, you probably feel a bunch of stuff you've never felt before. That's normal. Just be glad the heavenly host hasn't showed up here today. Because they're feeling stuff that nobody ever felt before. And they went and they did what the Lord had told them to do. All of these angelic messengers said that the coming of Christ into the world was very good news for all of mankind. Christ's birth, taking on flesh as a child, dying on the cross for our sins, rising from the dead, providing eternal life, accomplishing the greatest feat ever accomplished for humankind, the saving of a soul or saving a life. I'm going to get it right. Saving one life. A life a life saved is worth everything. That's our church's motto. We should say that together. A life saved is worth everything. So good. That's why Jesus came. So we get this, do not be afraid. It's all through the Bible. Jesus said it over and over again. Do not be afraid. Don't worry, your boat is sinking. I'm just walked out here. And so do not be afraid. He says it, and the disciples and you and me are like, okay, I understand the phrase, do not be afraid. How? How do I not be afraid? How do I not be afraid that I'm going to lose one of my kids to culture? How do I, how do I not be afraid that the finances are, are, aren't going to be enough? How do I be afraid that, not be afraid that Trudeau might get elected again? How do I not be afraid? <laughs> You got to know your audience, you know what I mean? <laughs> How do we not be afraid, honestly, that our country is so divided, so polarized, so angry? What's going to happen? How do we do that? How, do we do, how in the middle of the night do we not be afraid of the anxieties that we worry about, the things that were health issues? How do we, how do we not be afraid when we feel something we've not felt before? What is that? Jesus is saying, and the angels were saying, into all these situations, do not be afraid. So let me give you a couple of things that will help with not being afraid or help you to be courageous instead of fearful. The first, Psalm 27. King David says this, I, I would have lost heart unless I had believed. Believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. 
that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Give him time to work. Give him time to put all of the pieces together that he puts together in our lives. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm not going to run off my own direction and try and solve everything. I'm going to trust that his goodness is new and his mercies are new every morning. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm going to wait. And I'm going to trust that I will see his goodness in the land of the living. Right? I believe. The second thing after believing, and in a minute I'm going to ask you to believe again. Because every season requires a fresh commitment. Lord, I'm going to believe. Because there's stuff that, that we don't get. The second piece is to trust. Trust is a little different from believing, I'll tell you. Proverbs 3, 5, this is so well known. Maybe, maybe we can read it. Is it on the screen? This is such a great scripture. You ready, everybody? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. The keys there are the phrase, trust in the Lord, but the next one, with all your heart. With nothing reserved, nothing held back. Trust is different from believing. Trust is when you hold steady, when you are going through hard things or you don't understand what's happening. That's trust. That you stand firm, especially when things go wrong. I mentioned that my, my wife got sick this year. Um, in May, she had a heart incident. She had to have a valve replaced. She had to have another valve repaired, big surgery, they had to fix her after the surgery, then she had a second surgery, in her GI tract, and hospital for five months, and uh, just a crazy, crazy time. Multiple times the doctor said, if this doesn't turn around in the next hour, we may lose her. And so you're just like, God, what, I don't see the path forward. Is she going to recover? Is she going to recover, but not fully? Is she going to, is she going to die? What would I do if she passes away? We've been married 42 years. We've been best friends for another eight before that. What, what do I do every morning when I have coffee? What do I do when we laugh about things that <laughs> we shouldn't? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. That's what so don't even ask. What am I going to do? I bought a special chair. It's a leather chair. And I put it in the corner of our kitchen so that when she's making dinner, and she's a great cook, when she's making dinner, I can sit there and we can talk. I bought the chair to sit there so, you know, I'm not watching hockey or whatever, which I'll do later, but not now. We're going to talk. What, what will I do? I didn't get it. I couldn't see the end. I didn't know what the story would be. It was uncertain. It was unclear. I could guess, but I didn't know. And then in the middle of that, I was driving to see her in the hospital, and a guy fell asleep in his cube van and came into my lane. I tried to avoid him head on. And so I'm on my way to the hospital to see my poor sick wife, and I'm lying in the ditch Looking at the sky, all I could say was, Lord, this is incredible. <laughs> the car was totaled. I'm okay. It was fine. 
but I went to the emergency of the same hospital where my wife was upstairs. The, 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 the intensive care nurses are coming down. What are you doing here? I'm like, I'm, I'm a little hurt. <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't make, it didn't make sense. Trust is when you say, I don't know about this. I don't get, I don't have an answer. But I have decided to build my house on the rock. And the wind may blow and the paint may peel a little bit and the shutters might flap, but that house is going to stand. I'm going to trust that rock in my life. So how do you overcome fear? You believe what the Lord has said to you and then you trust that he will not change in the midst of it. And you can overcome fear. So it will help you a little bit. We don't need to know how he's going to do it. Some of you get tripped up. Well, how's that going to happen? Think of Mary. I need some technical details on this. How? Let it be according to your, your... How are we going to move through things that we don't get? It's Jesus who said he would never leave you or forsake you. He's reliable. It's God the Father who said, I'll provide for you. I'll look after the birds of the air. I'll look after the flowers. I'll take care of you. It's God who said that. It's who says it and are they reliable. It's Jesus who said, peace be still in the midst of a storm. He's reliable. He's got experience with storms. So who it is. So this morning I want to ask you to prophesy to yourself. David did it. David in the Psalms said, soul bless the Lord. I want you to prophesy to yourself this morning those four or five words, do not be afraid. In just a moment, I'm going to give you the chance. You're not saying it to me or to your neighbor, but to your own soul, based on the word of God, based on the truthfulness of his word, based on all that we know to be true. Speak to your soul today. And this Christmas season, take a hold and say, soul, do not be afraid. Are you ready? Let's say it to our soul. Do not be afraid. One more time. Come on. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to surrender to him completely. If you're halfway in, do not be afraid to step all the way in. Do not be afraid to take a step forward in your growth with God. If you've been baptized in water, do not be afraid. Take a step forward. Do not be afraid to pursue the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do not be afraid to start to give if you're not giving. Test the Lord. The Bible says test him. See if he's good. Do not be afraid. God said that he'll multiply that nine parts if you give the tenth part and honor him. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to start serving. Join one of the teams here. And you say, well, I'm not very good at anything. Come on. You're good at stuff. Yes, you are. You're awesome. Uh, don't be afraid to start. They'll help you find where, you're, where you fit. But just don't wait around. Don't be afraid. Take that step of faith. The angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Jesus coming is great joy. So we're going to sing joy to the world right now. The worship team, if you can come back. And before we... Change the order, Pastor Corey and Pastor Aaron come back. 
I want to speak to people in this room and you're still on the beginning steps of your spiritual journey. You haven't yet taken perhaps that first step across the threshold of believing. Maybe you're new to Venue Church. You are so valued. We're so glad you're here. Maybe you've been checking it out. Maybe try to figure out, are these people for real? But you feel in your heart, there's this drawing to know God. Knowing about God is not the same as knowing God. You know, one of the scariest verses, I think, in the Bible, there are people who even say, you know, I believe in God, but you've not made a commitment yet to give him your heart and make him the king of your life. There are people who say, yeah, I believe in God. I believe in energy. I believe in the power of the universe. You know, the Bible says that the demons believe in God and tremble because of his holiness. So what Jesus taught us is that there is this step of faith where you believe in him, confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart. And the Bible says you become born again from death to life, from spiritual darkness to light. That something that has not been alive in your heart by a step of faith, and we're going to pray a simple prayer, and I'm inviting you to join me in that prayer. Something in your heart through that step of prayer comes alive. And, and things happen. I had a friend of mine came to Jesus in his late 40s, mid 40s. He was very wealthy at the time. And uh, it's hard, the Bible says it's hard for a rich man to come to faith. And he came to the place, he said, I realized I came to that moment where I had to suspend my questions and trust what my heart was saying. And so there are people here today. Doesn't mean all your questions are answered. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. I've had people say to me, well, you know, I'm not going to start something that I can't finish. <laughs> Dude, you, like, are you perfect in the rest of all of your life? <laughs> and are you just going to be perfect in this one? No, take a first step. And then if you stumble, you get back up and we'll help you. I'm not going to judge you and say, well, out, out. I'm going to say, we're going to help you. But it's a spiritual move. It's not a mechanical, it's a spiritual move to say, I believe. I'm willing to decide to believe. So, would you bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're that person and you've never taken that actual step, I want you to join me in a prayer in just a moment. And if you've gotten away from God, or you're distant, or maybe you're just rebellious and somehow you got here by accident and you know you need to make things right with God, I want to invite you to pray with me as well. We're just going to pray a simple prayer. I'll help you with the words. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. That's what we're going to do. So if you want to be included in that prayer, the whole church is going to pray. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. This is between you and God, but it, it needs to be between you and God. So if you'd like to be included in that prayer, you're saying, Pastor, today I want to believe. Today I choose 
to make Jesus the king of my life, the Lord of my life. I choose to seek forgiveness for my sins and change the way I've been living with God's help. If you're that person, you say, I want to begin today or I want to return to the Lord today. Would you just lift your hand up right now so I can see it? And you're saying, yeah, I want to be in that prayer. Yes, yes, God bless you. Yes, 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 God bless you. Many, many hands around the room. Beautiful. Yeah. Bless you young guys. I see you there. Yes, yes. Wow. I love when I see young men hold up their hands. Children hold up their hands. All right, you ready? Avenue Church, we're going to help these people. I don't know. There's a dozen hands that I saw go up. At least I wasn't, I lost count. Many people. We're going to help you. I want you to pray this from your heart. And God's going to hear you. And he's going to do that work in your life today. So venue, are you ready? Let's help these friends. Everyone say it with me. Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. I invite you to come into my heart. I make you the king of my life. I believe you died and rose again. And I say, Jesus is Lord. Help me to live for you from this day on. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Let's celebrate together. Come on, Benny. Is that good? Thank you, Pastor Branch.